podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello uh, and welcome to Played in Full, part of Popcorn Fracker family, part of the Touchline Media Group. I am here this week with Jude, the belated birthday boy. Jude, how are we doing? Yo, thank you. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know why I answered that like it's a mad <laughs> interview. What the fuck? Yeah, man, I'm good, man. I'm... I'm a bit lagging from like the weekend and all of this, but yeah, man, I've been good. I've just been watching good TV, some films, and chilling, nice. man. What have you been watching? I, well, to be fair, I've been watching a lot of anime, but yeah, I don't, I don't think the whole spread of this um, podcast all watch anime. It's just normally me and Scully in it. But yeah, like right, um, we can challenge you. We, I can challenge all of you to watch an anime film. I I actually I, I actually watched an anime this week, and I'll talk. We about wa- it. we watched Suzume like on the back end of like last week, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was that was like a brilliant film. What's my man's name? The director? Uh, Minato, <laughs> I think I want to find it, but um, same yeah. guy who did like weathering. Is it whether with you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your name? Yeah, yeah. Ricardo, yeah. Ricardo Shinkai. He's like okay, yes. He's interesting. He, I find yeah. him very interesting. He's got a whole spread of films that like kind of similar. I think Suzumi was good. I wouldn't say it's necessarily my favorite film of his, but it was definitely worth the watch. Yeah, no, that it was brilliant. Like, it, it proper had graphics that reminded me of why, like, I really appreciated Japanese animation, like the whole Studio mm. Ghibli franchise. Essentially, yeah. but um, yeah, he's definitely Makoto. I hope I'm saying it right. Like, definitely has a style that is very attractive, and even like his way of storytelling. Yeah, man, that showed me something new. So I'm definitely gonna tap into more of his films. And, and also, uh, yeah, Night Agent, the Night Agent. I've been watching that on Netflix. It's kind of good. I like it. Yeah, I, I, you know, in the group chat, been reading some good things about that one. I'm not starting yeah. yet. I'm still trying to get through Beef and Succession. Oh. Which uh, I'm sure we'll come on to later on. What episode are you on of Beef? I'm all, I've just finished episode three, so I'm okay. nearly halfway. <laughs> yeah, no, it, wow. it, it's it's such a an incredible series. Like, there's definitely a lot to say about that, but in many contexts. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for our Beef episode. Yeah, obviously it's a mild bad controversy. We all know about it, but yeah, it's um, it's cold. I think the film is cold, and I wish the controversy, I wish David Cho wasn't associated with it because people are now looking at it saying, I'm never going to watch that show now. And it's it's such a good show. It overshadowed, yeah, what, Mm. yeah, how great it actually was as a a show. But I guess these things happen, especially in this day and age, like with how society will respond to real life situations. You know what I mean? Being depicted in that way, especially. So yeah, man. What about CJ? Um, yeah, so I've been watching Beef. I finished it. Um, I also watched the cyberpunk um anime because I wanted to play the game. Um so mm. I bought it, I bought the game on Saturday, started the anime on Saturday, finished it yesterday, really liked it. Really, really nice. good anime. Um, yeah. So it's us, it's, it's us three that watch anime, by the way. Um, I've oh, is it? I've <laughs> watched one anime. No, no, no. I watch, I, I, I watch better anime. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I used to be proper, proper anime head on it, but I've, I've, I've fallen off, but I'm going to come back on soon. Okay. Um, I'm like 600 episodes into One Piece. 
uh, Finish Bleach, I haven't watched the new series though. Um, Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, Hajime no Hippo. Um, okay, yeah, uh, all those ones and that, so you get me. Cinema, so, cinema. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, and also, I um, actually, no, I'm I'm not saying I watched John. We can we can edit this up. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I don't want to edit things. Edit point, man. Edit point. Edit point. Just write it down. Write it down. You write it down. Yo, what a guy. Anyway, I'm Scully, and this week I watched. <laughs> yes, it was mainly Suzumi. Am I actually watching anything at the moment? I'm trying to think. I watched Swarm actually. I finished Swarm. Um, I think it was at the top of last week. Beautiful gowns, very beautiful gowns. Um, yeah, man, Donald Glover. He's a he's a guy in it. He's a man. Oh, what is he, it finished? Is it finished? How many episodes? It released all at once. This is oh, a is it? Episodes. Yeah. Oh, okay. it's like, it's not like is it like a limited series? Is it series one? Like so, yeah, continued. Yeah. One series, now I think it's done. How long are the episodes? What it is, man. I feel like it was very much like our uh, season three of Atlanta, which like for me I didn't really like. Like I think he has a bag where he can get a bit too left. And like he's he swings between being really abstract and then too on the nose about certain things. Yeah. And it's just like what, like, are what are you really saying? Doing? Yeah, like what yeah, are you yeah. actually saying? And what some of the things that I think he was saying, I was just like, I'm really uncomfortable that you're saying this. Like there are some hmm. punches down. There are some funny moments where he talked about like kids who are really mixed race or have like black parents, like adopted black parents, but they're not black, like and how they weaponize being black without actually having to be black, like Halsey and Paris Jackson. Like I'm talking about yeah. the racism they face, but it's like, but you're actually. I mean, like, pa- Paris Jackson is not um, Michael Jackson's daughter, but let's let's carry on. That is, the, I don't even know if I'm keeping that in. Um, <laughs> but on a serious note, yeah, bro, bro, like she's not. Bro, oh, well, we don't need to get into it. We don't need to get into it. <laughs> is... But like, um, and then there's other episodes where it feels like he's. Essentially, Donald Glover has this weird thing about black women, like it's really weird. It's just like, He's so weird, man. Like, you actually just don't need to, if you're not necessarily a fan of them, you actually just don't need to address them. Like, you don't need to make them the subject of, of your art. Like, you can actually just make art about your experiences as a black man and just not address black women. Like, it's actually fine. Like, and he's, you can just tell he's really got a chip on his shoulder at times. And I'm just like, yeah. It ruins some of because I actually think you are generally you and your brother and your friends are actually quite good writers, and you know how to direct well and make stuff look interesting visually. Like I think Swarm had so many hints of Stanley Kubrick, and I was like, yeah, this is wavy. But like, it also feels like he's always trying to make art to make a point, like to get his shit off, basically. Like, mm. oh, you lot say I've got a thing about black women. I'm going to do a whole episode or two on Atlanta about black women and my relationship with them. Or like a couple of episodes in our swarm. Or you lot say that I'm too cool to be, or I'm too cool to be white, or I'm not black enough, or all of these things. Like you can tell all the things he heard growing up, he's yeah. manifested as certain, ty- certain types of complexes and they yeah. manifest in his work. Him and Mindy Kaling, I can't stand when they do that, like. She's like, get over it, man. Like, go and see a therapist. We're, we're not your therapist. I don't have to watch your art for you to have a live therapy session. It's fine. Like, did you ever watch Velma? That 
one that yeah, kind of got yeah. shit on by everyone. I never watched it because <laughs> I, if Mindy Kaling is in something, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of will probably avoid it. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like the only one, the only kind of thing that I think that she kind of did that everyone sort of universally liked, at least for the most part, was The Office, right? Mm-hmm. And then it, after that, it just kind of just gradually dropped and dropped. And the only thing I saw from that Velma show was whatever was just on Twitter, and it just looked yep. and sounded terrible. And, and she just, was just making and everyone hated it. Yeah, just literally universally hated. Yeah, and I feel like Glover is getting, he's getting a bit wrapped up into that, and it's like, can you actually just make some music where, because in your music you don't seem to address these subjects as much, and that mm. would be fine. Like you're making us. You'll make. I used to be a huge Donald Glover fan in it. Community Times, Thirty yeah, Rock, yeah. all of this. And the more creative control he's got, the more I'm starting to be like, "Oh God, this guy's a fucking leak." I'm not gonna lie, That's like, bro, weird. like, all he, right. He like, just need, he just needs to release another album. So he needs to do. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. Get back to the art, man. Get yeah, man. Get back. To, awaken, my love. We need that part two. Well, not part two, but. We need another one like that stuff. Yeah. 100%. Is he going to come back for the community movie if that's getting done? Is that still on the cards? I know they said at one point it was getting made and then it kind of got shut down again. And I don't know what's kind of happening on that world anymore. Let me find out as we speak right now. Currently, there's no telling when the movie will be released. Mm. I mean, in, in, in the meantime. Be released. What are you watching anyway? I was going to say, what, what are you watching, watching Russ? Uh, the biggest thing I've watched this week, well, two things I saw, apart from obviously like beef and succession on the TV, um, I went to the cinema twice yesterday, uh, saw Air, finally caught up with Air, Ben Affleck kind of telling that story, obviously called of Air Jordan and how that kind of came to be. Uh, and then also saw Evil Dead Rise. So, you know, a suitable double bill, very similar in tone. Um, I really liked Air. Although I must admit, like, because Jude, I think we would, we would talk about it kind of in the group chat. And I thought that's a really well-made story or like or yeah. telling of the story that's dry, right? Yeah. It's here's a shoe how we made. It's just essentially it's a marketing product. And it's the kind of the story, kind of how they kind of get there. And I think especially for like that first half of the film, I think it's great. Like it's actually like, oh, it's captivating. It's entertaining. It's actually quite emotional. And then towards kind of the tail end, Perhaps it just runs out of steam. The yeah. fact that they never show kind of um, Michael Jordan, I think perhaps in hindsight does actually kind of harm it a little bit. I get why they didn't. And I think Ben Affleck's even kind of said that even if you haven't seen the movie, it's just like, you know, we avoid essentially him entirely for the yeah. sole purpose of they, they thought he'd be distracting. But actually, you kind of get through it and you kind of think, actually, you do kind of need his voice there. You kind of need at least some of his agency. But no, I think it's really good and it's and it's really funny. It starts to become a bit of an advert towards the end, which for a movie about making a night product, <laughs> like it has to be. Like, you know, yeah. there's no getting around that. And it's one of those films that in the moment, I was like, this is really good. And then kind of when you're away for half an hour, you're like, yeah, okay. That wasn't bad. Yeah. I'll watch it again if it was on TV. But like, you know, like that's okay. But it's I feel like, like that a lot about films recently. Like there's yeah. a lot of films that I'm like, I enjoyed watching it but would I ever watch it again? And that's when my rating system for films really depends on how strong a film will this be in 10, 15 to 20 years. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Like, because I, yeah. I really don't, I don't know, I have a whole thing about being a prisoner of the moment thing. And like, I recognize sometimes I love a film and I'll walk out and I'll be like, yeah, I really liked it. 
Like for me, yeah. for me, that was a lot of the recent Marvel films. Like, like controversy. I wasn't a huge fan of Long Way, uh, Long Way Home. Like because oh, No I Way Home. The moment, No Way yeah. Home. That's it. it yeah, because I liked it in the moment, but like when I got out about it, I was like, actually, was it a great film or did I just love the fact that I saw all three Spider? Scully, like, Scully, we are agreeing for once. I like to mark this moment on the pod. <laughs> I didn't I didn't really I, I thought it's cool. I watched it a second time. When I watched it a second time, I said that's not Bro, the second film. time, the second one. I said it's not really a good film. I said sick. it's yeah. I said I said it's like it's it's very it's very clunky. That's what it, that's what the, it found. The writing is bad. Like it's yeah. bad. Yeah. Everything just happens and like they make yeah. things work. And I was just like, nah man, this is yeah, not yeah, it. Yeah. I can't it's believe you finally agree on something. It's kind of funny because like there was a whole thing recently as well, like online that um, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy who plays uh, Daredevil, Matt Murdock, when he mm-hmm. like in the cinema when he first appears, there's like this big awkward gap, and obviously the crowd is meant to be clapping and cheering, and he kind of said like, yeah, they they basically said they're going to start filming and leave a few seconds gap because that's when they're going to cheer you, and it's just like mm-hmm. that only works for your premiere, like when the first yeah, time people yeah, are seeing yeah. it and they get excited when you're watching it at home. And there's like a 10 second gap and no one's doing anything and the camera's just sat there. You're just like, what the fuck is happening? I thought No Way Home was fine. I think Willem yeah. Dafoe is probably the best thing of that. And Calabria yeah. Melina. Very much. Really. Back and literally breathing the life into it. And the rest know, is just... Do you know what? I, yeah. think Andrew, I think Andrew Garfield, I think Andrew Garfield, although he got stick for his um, portrayal of Spider-Man, I feel like he kind of surprised a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He immersed himself very good in that role. I thought he was oh, very well, good in the role in, in, in the Amazing Spider-Man's, but mm-hmm. obviously it didn't go the way it should have went. But yeah, I feel like he, him and William Dafoe were definitely the stars of, of that film. 100 yeah. percent All right, can I just say and something? Kind of, I, I wanted to say something on like um obviously on the immediacy of how we receive films. I feel like that first watch is underrated and underappreciated because we're not supposed to continually repeat these things it's like reading a book mm-hmm. being impressive and then but bro I yeah no let me, let me let me let me let me say let me let me finish because we're also in an era where we're getting so much content like i think last week we were just saying that we we receive so much content it's hard to keep afloat with everything and this week we're saying that oh like when we watch it again the inconsistencies and everything like it makes the first watch like not so enjoyable because then you can spot how clunky films it films are and i feel like that's one component of like us being on a podcast like yeah we look at films and we like criticizing them in that way but i feel like we shouldn't underestimate the first time watch and that's why i feel like even last week i separated like the first time watch of super mario and how it felt to how i would see the film again if i critically break it down so Mm -hmm. i feel like people need to be able to do that more because then I, if you're suggesting a film to someone else, they might not get that same feel, feeling you had. I feel, yeah. I feel yeah. 100%. I think the first time watch is definitely an important thing, but I think to what you said, it talks to the co- the contentification of shit today. Like books, yeah. films, music. Like if something's only good the first time you enjoy it, to me, it's not that good. Like something is... Oh, it becomes yeah. classic because you can continue to enjoy it. So like agree. an album or a film or a book that I love, 
part of the reason why I love it is because I can continually return to it. If I can only enjoy yeah. it the first time I have it, to me, there's not, not actual real... Like, if you look at it like food, there's no real, like, nutritional value in it if I can only enjoy it one time. That's, that's my but, personal opinion. Yeah, I feel like, I, I feel like I, there's I, definitely a, a range of things that you could consider classics, but now yeah. that they might have lost that quality and they might not have stood up the test of time, it doesn't mean that you can't watch it. it, it because yeah. for me, I watch certain films, it comes with mood. Like you can you can know like a, a film is rubbish or it's not the best quality, but you're like, right, I'm in that mood, so I'm gonna watch this. It oh, yeah. might not be a classic, but it's like a cult classic or Oh, you of, know me. I love I love a bad film. I do yeah, love a bad so film. We, that's I not what like I'm saying. Still, it's, it's, it that's still not what I'm considered saying. Considered enjoyable, no? But I'm saying there's a difference between a film that is like aged by time. So for example, like we talked about Citizen Kane last week. Like obviously, mm-hmm. like in terms of filming and that effects and that it's not going to stand the test of time to what is going on today but a film that is literally just good because it's the first time you're seeing it and you're shocked like i always compare it to like disc records like certain disc records are hard because you're hearing it you're like rah i can't believe he said that yeah yeah yeah. but then like you're not going to go back to visit it again but then you've got other records it's like for me it's like nas ether and jay-z takeover like jay-z uh yeah basically I heard that in something recently and I was like, raw, like this song is still getting spun because it's a good song. Mm. Whereas like Ifa, yeah. you're more it's more like, oh and god, this is said, what I always say about like Jay-Z. It's like that to me, it can be good in the moment, but like I I want things that something you that I go enjoy, back to. Like, yeah, like like ET, yeah. I feel like in the future when I have kids, I'll happily be able to show them that film. And like there's even shows films that are not like 10 out of 10. I know they're not like the most critically acclaimed, but I know that when I show them to people in future, I'll be able to stand by it. Where as opposed to something that like like I was saying is just because oh I've gone to see it in the cinema and I'm like right this is sick. And I think yeah. there's a big difference yeah. in like no way home and like and obviously it's the obvious comparison but let's say Avengers Infinity War which I actually think generally as a film is just really good. Yeah. And I think you can enjoy that time and time again compared to No Way Home where it's like Oh shit! We're seeing the three Spider-Man together. Yeah, and it's it's like, like yeah. you, that that magic moment of like when that when um I, I forgot his name. He does the, the it's Peter's best friend does the does the yeah, one yeah. thing, and then you see like the the, the 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 figure, and you're like, hold on. And then in the cinema, people are like, <gasps> but yeah, like yeah. that's the first time. But when you watch yeah. it a second or third, you're not gonna do that because you know what. So like that magic gets taken away, and I feel like no, but, that's, that's the issue but, with No Way Home. It's but like, that's, but I feel like we also we're given, but that's given so much power to Marvel and what they've created because it's like yeah, it is it is going to be that surprise again and again. Yeah. However, we could say the same f- thing about most of the films that we watch. Yeah, like, but bro, is, like, where's no, the element? Of saying, surprise like, let, let, let me let me that. give it to you like this, and let me give it to you like this. You've seen Infinity War. You mm-hmm. know that Thanos is gonna absolutely beat the shit out of Hulk in the first five minutes, but you see when you watch it every time, you're like, I can't still believe he did that. Yeah, you believe, you, that. I can't believe he did that. When Captain America comes, I would argue. Even though, even though I definitely agree with both of you, I would, I would just argue that there's still some moments in that that film that I would be like, yeah, I'll watch that again, like maybe in like three, four years. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't cast it to the to the shadows. Like Russell was saying, I think it's fine. 
Like it's, it mm. might not be incredible like I watched and felt the first time, but yeah, it's definitely a. Fine no, I don't average, think anybody's so. saying it's super dead. I'm, but we're saying it's fine. But fine to me is like middle of the road. Isn't it's, it? not, it's, not, it's, also, it's not super hot fire. And they have, and we, know, we know they can make super hot fire. Like yeah. and even just the story. Can they? It's twenty twenty three. One they? last comment I even wanted yeah. to make on this. Yeah, um, going back to air. Like I definitely agree with what you're saying. But first time I watched it, it did kind of feel like a. It was like the money ball of marketing. And I feel like that's why it got so many different accolades in terms of its ensemble cast and how well mm. they acted together. And it really built up something that I could watch and enjoy. And a story that I knew in part, but the parts that they cho- they chose to like build the story, I feel like, yeah, it was it was quite fascinating on, on first yeah. watch. And it's yeah. like, it also kind of, I put it into sort of kind of like that realm of like of movie as well. Is I, I prefer Moneyball, but I also kind of think it's like I remember like when the Big Short first came out, and I thought this is a subject matter that I know is really important. I didn't really yeah. understand too much about it, and also it could be pretty dry. It's going to be pretty hard to kind of get into it. But then Adam McKay with that ensemble, kind of the way it's written, directed, I thought, oh, actually, this is something that feels urgent, and they do such an amazing job at kind of diluting what's actually quite a dry topic into something that's actually quite you know emotional and also quite powerful and the same thing you know i thought kind of with moneyball you're literally taking just economics like within sports and that mm-hmm. sounds as dry as, as anything but they make it something that's fascinating and engaging and that's what i thought like in the moment of air i thought yeah this is i'm really liking this but then when when i was away I mean, like Moneyball, The Big Short, I still kind of think of those more fondly. But there, I'm like, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I'd watch it again if once it's on, like, probably on Prime. But the interesting thing with things like Air and Jace, I guess it kind of comes back to your point of, like, um, kind of when you said, like, the contentification of kind of media. Air wasn't supposed to be released theatrically, I think. Apparently, it was meant to just go oh. straight to streaming. But what they're seeing now is that same thing with lots of different companies. They're like, oh, actually, there is still money to be made in the theater. So they're sending things back out. So, you know, they might come and get laughed at because it it doesn't make a hundred million, but it's making 20 mil, but it was never meant to make anything. It was meant to just go straight onto prime where you'd probably either never find it or it would be below. Yeah. That makes sense, you know, because with that film, it's like, I never heard anything about it. Then there was a trailer and then it was, and then it was out. It was out in like a month. And that normally happens. With, with things that just go to streaming. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you don't hear about it. You see the trailer and then it's out, like, in a, in a week or two. And that, yeah. and that makes perfect sense, actually, as to why nothing was said about it. And like, it makes sense as well, because I think it's word of mouth that has really pushed it to cinema. And I haven't, oh, yeah, seen, that. It yet. I haven't seen it yet. I'll give my review probably next episode. But I think... Yeah, I haven't I seen that it kind of. I find it kind of fascinating... I want to know whether I put it up against Big Short or Moneyball because going back to what we were saying about No Way Home, contentification, all yeah. of this stuff, yeah. Like, I find those kind of films mad interesting because, one, that's kind of the realm that I work in anyway. But, like, I find it like reading books like Shoe Dog by Phil Knight and stuff like that. Like, those kind of books I'll go back to read again and again, even though I've already taken in the information and learned from it. There's something new that you're going to pick up. Mm-hmm. And, like, I guess that is potentially what might separate an air from a moneyball. Where that like yeah, moneyball, yeah. like obviously there's a dramatic story in all of this, but there's actually, or especially like the big short, there's actually information in there that you can pick up from and like go yeah. back to, like a book. 
Well, just so you don't get dis- disappointed, I wouldn't say it's on the level of those, but that's why I said the money ball of Mark. No, no, but I get you it. Yeah, I mean? yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, Moneyball is one of my favourite sports films, and it? so. it's a great film. I need to... Yeah. I, need to I, I don't like Brad Pitt usually, so but... You don't like Brad Pitt? We've got 25 minutes this week. <laughs> Sorry. We need, Sorry. A, we, need, we need a CJ timer. I just see how far he makes it each week. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, 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 do you know what it is? Like, someone asked me, obviously, the other day, like, do I, like, when did I start liking films or blah, blah, and how? And I said, I normally followed, like, how I did it was I followed directors and stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, your Spielbergs, your Camerons, blah, blah, uh, your Tarantinos. Apart from, like, uh, Inglorious Bastards, um, Snatch, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, I like them films, but I'm saying, apart from that, like, Brad Pitt films don't really come on my radar. Like, like I just don't, I, I, there's no, like, there's no reason for it. Like, and then Moneyball as well. Like, the, just those three is like cool, but all the rest, I'm just like, okay, like, but maybe because I haven't watched them, like, I haven't watched Troy. I need to watch Troy. That's like, you watch Ocean's list. Eleven. Oh yeah, did he you, is in Ocean's you, Eleven. Did oh you my mention, god! Did you mention Fight Club? You mentioned Fight Club, right? I, met, I told yeah, you about. Like I, I, I told, no, no, no. I don't. No, no. I don't. I said I don't like it. You said I, I watched. No one ever. No one ever. I said I watched it too late. I said I feel like I missed okay. the moment, and that's fine. That's fine. That's it. G, okay. G that's is a fancy his, way of saying I hate it. No, I don't hate it. But I don't like it at least. I knew what my glasses because I don't want to see this guy's face clearly. I knew what was happening in the film and I just feel like if I didn't know it would probably have been okay but because I knew and like the year it was shot I was just like okay this this is cool but it's not like <gasps> do you know what I'm saying but yeah that, that's that's that this is also the what guy about, by the way uh, who said that Lord of the Rings was overrated and that Planet uh, of the Apes is better no, which I, said, I could uh, spend an hour talking oh, about how that's just wrong. We actually did. We'll do a trilogy episode. Oh. I don't even want to. I don't even want to. When we flog him for that, we'll do a whole hour of just us rushing him and essentially beating him. I'm down. Do you know what's mad? Because when we actually, I want the people to know. I want the people to know. Even though we just glanced over it there, yeah, he means the new Planet of the Apes trilogy as well. He's not talking about the classic. Rise Dawn. Rise Dawn and what? Cold trilogy, cold trilogy, but that's it. It's, it's Jude looks stressed, you know. He looks like he needs a it's cigarette. Up there, <sighs> the rings, Harry Potter, and Star Wars, bro. What? Oi, now you see, oi. I don't like when man do that. Man, adding words to my words. No, you did words. say that. You I never said, said Star Wars. I never said Star Wars. I never I, said Star Wars. I swear you said top two. I swear you said it was top two. In fact, no, I said why isn't it on the list? That's all I said. <laughs> All right then, go look. I'm you no, know, I'm sure you said you don't know my thing. You said stuff in your you madness, like, yeah. And you no, 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 you don't know you my thing. No, 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 you don't uh, know my thing. I say the madness, but I'm consistent in the madness. I know what I say all the time. Literally, the number one trilogy was Lord of the Rings, then The Godfather, then Dark Knight, and you just said we all agree this list is shit. Because the Dark Knight trilogy is not not three, bro. That's one and a half good right films. Now. One and a half good films out of that trilogy. No, I think they're one and really a half. Good, they're all really good, but one isn't as good as the other two. As in the, which one's the not as good one? The third one's the worst. The, the third, third one, one doesn't yeah, make sense. 
The third one's whack. The whole police whack, force whack. goes into the tunnel. Dom, 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 dom. Third one is whack. We'll get we'll get onto that one one day. But it's 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 on some no way home stuff. The writing is just they're just doing whatever to make it. But, but, but should we should we what, should we have an episode? Yeah. Should, we, should we talk about the oh, episode? We will. A chili, we'll do a yeah. trilogy episode because you need to you need to be mercilessly frogged for that. That was crazy. All right. But is. last week we were talking of, I think we've already kind of mentioned it already, Super Mario Bros. And we started talking a little bit more about kind of video game adaptations on the screen, some of the ones that we like, some of the ones that we don't like, what's coming up, um, what we want to see made. And one of the ones that we did talk briefly about, and CJ, you kind of gave us a little bit of a breakdown, um, was The Last of Us, which kind of premiered on HBO earlier this year. And I think this week we just want to take a bit of time kind of going through that about what we like, what we didn't like. Obviously, the future kind of of that franchise and obviously kind of all of its success. Um, so, Jude, I mean, what, first off, what kind of do you think of the series just as a whole? Yeah, like, I... At first, when I knew this game was being, no, this TV show was being made from the game, I mm. kind of automatically knew, like, yeah, this is a project that I know can become, like, a really good product to, yeah, just put into, like, the TV realm. And it also shows the, the strength of game, of games and the storytelling, that, like, within them. And I think growing up, that's one of the, main reasons why I've always been fascinated with like games that different forms of storytelling from like uh, comic books, manga, anime and everything else. I've always taken seriously the aspect of storytelling and The Last of Us Us just like hits every component of storytelling that fascinates me. It's got such a humane aspect. It's got like real characters in a very real and realistic world and situation and the concentration on like the way I see it, it's not just a game about like a a game or a show about zombies and the apocalyptic nature of the situation, Mm. but it's rather about like the, the last remnants of humanity and how they would act in a situation that has unfolded. And it really compacts that into, yeah, just like a story of, of two people. And yeah, I've just been, I've been fascinated with the show. It's made me revisit the games, even though like, I never finished them. I played them in pieces through friends. But like, um, yeah, it's just, it's an outstanding show. I think it sits amongst some of the greatest shows that I've, I've seen. Mm. You know? I, think- I, I think for a kind of like a video game adaptations, I think it's probably the best thing that's out there. I know we talked last week about Silent Hill kind of being really good because it gets the atmosphere right. But I think this is probably the closest that we'll get to probably like a perfect kind of retelling at the moment. Um, But I think it's also kind of, to a fault, so well adapted from the game that I think especially more like towards the tail end, I think perhaps it's kind of a bit too loyal to the game, it, it kind of in a weird way. Like, I think it's so well told. I think it's like, you know, it's, it looks amazing. Like, it's directed really fantastically. The performances are all great. Um, and I, I think the thing I like about the series the most is especially kind of like that first four or five episodes where it kind of feels like it's taking it from the game, obviously, and you're getting the, some of the same scenes and you're getting stuff that you're familiar with. But it also starts to kind of blend in 
a lot of kind of its own backstory and its own kind of creation. So you've got that episode like with Bill and Frank with Nick Offerman. And like that's probably one of the best episodes because it takes time to create something new and fresh. Same thing with like with the pilot CJ you were saying last one week. Of the best. Yeah. And like the same thing like with CJ, you said last week with the pilot with like John Hanna. Um and he's kind of talking about the cordyceps like, oh in 50 years, like it's an interview from like the 60s or the 70s and he's saying 50 years with kind of global warming, what would happen? And, you know, and I think it's really good when it takes that time to kind of be a bit creative. I think towards the tail end, they know that we've got deadlines. We, we've got to kind of get the story wrapped up. And it starts to me to become just just too much. This is the game. I'm just yeah. watching the game yeah. in live action. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, I kind of think it's lost some of the creativity. It's just hurtling towards the end. And it just loses perhaps kind of some of its kind of way slightly i actually 100%. think you're right because i think you're right cj said it first last week and i've been ruminating it and prepare preparation for this episode and i've really enjoyed the first four or five episodes and there is way more creative license there is way more like tinkering with the story which the story mm. the game for instance so the game is probably one of my favorite games ever and I remember playing it and saying, this feels like a film or a TV show or something like that. Mm. And it is testament yeah. to, obviously, we know how big games are, but the gaming industry is probably the biggest in terms of media and culture right now in terms of the money circulating within it and, like, the fandom it has, all of this. It's becoming the new zeitgeist, right? And, like, I remember Last of Us coming out. I was so excited because I love this game. But the episodes I loved the most were the ones that, like you're saying, they've taken more creative license and fleshed out the world a bit. And that works yeah. with two things because if you haven't played the games, you're getting invested in these characters that you don't know as much. And like, you're feeling like you're part of a, a new story. And if you have played the games, it's like, okay, this is, it's reminding me of the game, but it's fleshing it out and like giving it some heart and like stuff like that. And I think that was super sick how they did it. Whereas towards the end, when it was coming towards the end, especially the last few episodes, I was so confused. I was like, you could have done so much more with this world. This and is, like, you've just yeah. you've just done the entire game. On. I wasn't even sure the last episode was the last episode. I was like, surely this cannot be the end well, of Scully, it. Because... Scully, say sorry. Yeah. No, say sorry. Did... Okay, sorry. No, say sorry to me. Because when sorry, I said this, CJ. When I said this I last got on week. to you last week. You got on to me? But... I got on to you. But I, was... I think that I have ruminated and agreed with you. That's actually how I opened this conversation. That's fine. But honest to honest to God, when I watched it, like I said, I was gassed. I said, yeah, nine out of ten, blah, blah. Then when I when I looked at it again, I said, you know what? They kind of for me it felt like they backed themselves into a corner. Someone said it on here last week, like they couldn't believe that the first game was done in one series. Like they could have really kind of fleshed it out that into into two. They could have been. I think what they could have done and what I think they should have done, and I touched on it last week, as I said, when Joel's daughter died, they could have gave you two or three episodes of him and Tommy just trying to figure out this world. And then they do the the time jump of 20 years. That would have been because we would have saw what Joel used to be like. And then it's, mm -hmm. it's very weird when he, when he goes on that killing montage, that killing spree, it's like, where has this come from? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Been, like, it could have even been sick for him, them to just do because the point up to where he meets Ellie, there's enough content. Not even saying to do the whole flashback here, but just to the point where he meets Ellie, 
like with the fireflies and all that, can be a whole season. Like I can yeah. actually be like, this what, yeah. So you like, can have the story of Joel, and this is the problem. Like, cool. There's two games right now. There's a third one being made. Now the third, the the I think my friend said something, and I don't know if it's if it's was for Last of Us, but something got put. No, no, sorry. Ignore that. It was something else. But the third, the third game is being made. But first, they're going to put out the factions game, which is the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Bro, Last of Us Three ain't coming out for at least another five years. It's yeah, you shooting, you shooting the next series at the end of twenty twenty four, and then you might shoot the next series like in twenty twenty five or whatever. like, bro, you've backed yourself into a corner unless they, they do a step on the product. Unless, Unless they thing do a is, whole series where they go back in time, which I think they still can do because they've got 20 years of content that they can do. They need you know to what I mean? the product that. stretch it out. They need to... They need is, to... Like, game one... I mean, I, I don't really have a problem with the first series being... Like, the first game being one series. Because if yeah. you think about it, like, the average... like Because I played it... like I've completed that game about three or four times. Mm-hmm. And, like, in peak lockdown, I was playing both of them back to back. Like, one and two. And yeah. one is only about, depending on how kind of comfortable you are with yeah, the game, yeah, yeah. Before, it's about 15 hours. Yeah. And you think you take out the, that gameplay time, that is just you running around buildings, killing clickers and stuff. 10 hours is probably a reasonable adaptation time, I think. But the thing I is, like, but, they, but it, the season isn't 10 episodes, it's nine. And like when I clicked for that finale, and it was like, this finale is like 42 minutes. So I was like, what? This is meant to be your whole breakdown, like the emotional build-up for the whole season. Mm-hmm. It's like it's one of the shortest episodes, which in the end I think perhaps actually kind of works in his favor. But um, but but I don't have a problem with that. And I guess you know, game two will probably be two series worth. I imagine. I think it's been Are confirmed they... that it is going to be two series. Yeah, I think it's. Been but that confirmed. makes sense, and also it probably gives time for Bella Ramsey to kind of look a little bit older, oh, kind of as Ellie. Yeah, yeah, like she's like I think she's like nineteen now. Yeah, she's like nine, she's a lot younger. So, by the time like they kind of wrap this up, let's say she's twenty twenty one, then they'll probably wait another couple of years. But I think part of it as well is in that creativity side is, I think HBO got very scared with Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones was their top dog. It was winning all the awards. It was like the only thing anyone could ever talk about. And up until the point they ran out of the source material, everyone this is incredible. Shit, then everything bitch. after that, everyone's like, "This is getting bad. This is the this worst. Is terrible." Of... And the... Oh my god! Can, can we? Can we? Yeah. Can we do like a whole oh, Game of Thrones episode, oh, please? Oh, please, because <laughs> fr- series seven, bro. Oh my god, awful! And, and there's people, thing, there's right? people who lie on Game of Thrones' name and pretend it didn't fall off that bad. Yes. And I want you to know, I it want you to know, Saint Peter will be judging you on Judgment Day because that is a crazy lie. Like it's it's I've gone back and watched it all start to finish, and I realized I was lying to myself watching season seven. Yeah. I was like, no, that's not that bad, it's not that bad, man. You know, like when something's yeah. falling apart, you know, like when your relationship's falling apart, you're like, no, nah, man, we can still make it work, man. <laughs> okay, like it's fine. I thought it was season nine that like, it became unbearable. In retrospect, watching them again, season seven was. Awful, terrible. Do you know what though? I am so glad, and I'll say this now. I'm so glad. Did you man watch it all like in real time, Game of Thrones? Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I binged it, and I'm so because if I would have waited two years for that, I would have been at HBO's door. Are you mad? When I say when the finale happened, I was I was actually angry for a week. 
I wasn't disappointed. I was genuinely like blood boiling. But Do you know what? I've never, I've never seen the finale because I got, I watched all of it apart from the finale because Good. that day everyone was like, "This is fucking shit," and I was just yeah. like, "I don't think I've got two hours to just be hey, angry." Russ, and then Russ. I was like, "Oh," and then they said, "Brands King," not bothering me. Yeah, I, I do not need to waste that time. The dragon understands politics. That's just the that's the main that's the main <laughs> that's the main takeaway from the episode oh. for me. If, oh, if my man, man, if my man ends the books like that, yeah, I might have to punch him up. I he ain't ended the books. Say. He's gonna die before. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's I, I bet he's not even yeah. writing it anymore. He's made his money. I'm not gonna I'm lie. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I've been thinking that for time, bro. <laughs> this yeah. guy. Is, nah, bro. The no gap, the, have you saw the, the gap in between? Like the last one was written in like 2011. ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、ええ、
anything else of it. Like we want mm. more extensions of the, of the story instead of the constant retelling of the same thing again and again. And then uh, even the other go- game examples, like what CJ was saying last week, the Dynasty Warriors franchise, they have so much that yeah. they could do, and they normally just stick to retelling the same stories again and again and again and again. And yeah, man. I think a big part of what I disagreed with with CJ from last week in terms of his assessment of it is I do think earlier on it was really good, but mm. it is for me the way that they wrap it together. And like yeah. whether that is fear of source material or whether it is just because they thought actually we might do a one off series. Because I thought maybe they'll just do Last of Us and do the game as a series, full stop, and it'd be standalone, and then they'll do two later. Yeah. And I still think if you're going to do that, they, you could have given us 12 one hour episodes and like mm-hmm. made it really clear. And I don't feel like, I feel like the ending just didn't quite hit the height. It, it's because it's rushed. Just all felt rushed. It, like, yeah. I, I still stand on what I say of like Joel and Ellie just, they hated each other. They done one little quick montage of them shooting cans and then they were friends. Like it just didn't, it didn't make sense to me. That's, she, did she, she did say she. did say she's shot guns before. <laughs> she said she's now shot guns before. Now I just give you because I feel like they built that relationship so beautifully. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I didn't really have too much of an issue with the relationship. I had, it was more just the the telling of the story. And my specific kind of the the episode that I had a problem with was when they had David come through because in the game, mm-hmm. David's and your big bad villain. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And well, the, the the game does that really well because. You know, like when you first meet him in the game, you assume he's not trustworthy. But what the game forces you to do is, uh-oh, you're trapped with him. You have to go through this whole segment where you're killing clickers, you're killing kind of uh, runners at you. And then you he's helping you. So actually, so can you trust this guy? Because he's keeping you alive. He's not just trying to get away from you. And then you have like this probably about half an hour sequence of the game where you're working together. And you think, okay, great. You're kind of building this bond with this character. And then he kind of has this reveal of we're cannibals, we're going to fucking kill you. And, and then you've got that kind of whole sequence after. Was yeah. in the show, he's first introduced in that kind of, when he's kind of do, delivering the sermon, which is just the classic trope in any apocalyptic movie of the religious guy yeah. is definitely the villain and he's probably some sort of either pedophile or cannibal and he's going to come for you. And, he's both. And, then, and then by the end of the episode, <laughs> that's it, he's gone, he's done. And you kind of mm-hmm. think, if anything, that would have worked better. You split, you do 10 episodes in your series. You have the first episode yeah, where you meet him and you have that it. sequence where him and Ellie have to bond and you think, I trust this guy. And then you end the episode with that cliffhanger of, we're cannibals. We're going yeah. to... You don't have to end what? the episode there. You can you just end the yeah, episode yeah, yeah, yeah. to end yeah. and you trust him. Yeah. And then the next episode is when you get the turnaround. Yeah. You're like, oh shit, actually, yeah. I cannot trust this guy. Like, I, yeah. think, I think the reveal was still as chilling as it is in the game. Like when he's like, like when he's like, oh, I sent these two people out, blah, blah, like uh, everything I knew that mm. was going to happen in the game, Sarah's death, that, that like, that still held weight. I think it translates really well in that way. Like, yeah, um, those things that happen. But for me, it's like, like you said, like it, it is rushed. Like they could have done two episodes yeah. of that. I still don't get why you end the series on nine episodes, by the way. That, that was, yeah, really, it's a weird number. That's got to be a budget thing. But then, like, it, the tail end is rushed. And also, like, David's your big bad villain in the game. Obviously, outside the clickers and stuff. And he's rushed. 
But then, like, earlier on in the season, the thing that kind of works well is, like, you've got Kathleen, who's played by Melanie Linsky. And she's kind of like a new character to the series. And that's the episode um, kind of when it's Henry and Sam and they're kind of mm-hmm. trying to escape the city. She gets two full episodes to and back, you think you know, flesh her character them. out. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people kind of didn't like her character online, but I thought she was fine. I thought she was a, a, like a nice extra villain to have. And it gave yeah. those episodes some extra yeah. weight. Yeah. But David doesn't oh, get yeah. the same treatment. And I just found that weird. And it was just like, here's the guy who is iconic and you're bringing him in and out of an episode in 42 minutes. And then there's another character he... who suddenly gets like all this screen time and is fully fleshed out, which is a good thing. But then you kind of suffer goes... later on. Yeah. And I think she, I think David's reveal was chilling, but it was chilling because of the fact that they had so many people. Like it was only chilling because of having to watch the people eat people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like, in the game, it's chilling because the relationship is built up. And it switches. Mm. It's not because of you're watching a whole full of people eat human flesh. And yeah, so they managed to manage that in a certain way. That's a positive. But there's a negative in the fact that there wasn't enough time spent on it. Where does this rank in you lot's all-time favourite HBO shows? Oh. I don't think it cracks top five. What's your top five? Let's hear it. The Wire. Good one. Sopranos. I don't think you're going to let me down here, you know. I think today sure. you're not going to let me down. No, I'm trying to think. The Wire Sopranos. Good um, top they're, they're my top two. So I'm with you. I'm trying to think what else come I, I need to, I need to, I need to, because I don't want to get shows wrong in it. Um, let me just Google some HBO shows. So. Game of Thrones should be top three, but. Oh, game, no, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, of course. Um, you know another one. You know another one that fumbled. Yeah, flipping um, True Detective. Literally, I was going to say my top five would be True Detective series one, and that's it. <laughs> like then the rest, the other two series, series three was alright actually. Mahershala Ali, I like that one. Yes, yeah, it but was. series one was incredible, and then it's just like oh, series one is like yeah. If I, if I was talking like if it was a list of the top five HBO series, as in like. You have to pick each series for one. True Detective would make the list because series one could go up against The Wire and yeah. uh, oh, anything for me. Here we so, go. Whoa. So I'll say, I'll say The Wire, mm-hmm. Sopranos, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, Sex mm-hmm. in the City, and Broadwalk Empire. Sex in the City. I know you love that show. I like the film. One of my, one of my favorite shows of all time. Listen, one day I'm good, ladies. For any ladies listening, when we have a Desperate Housewives and Sex in the City discussion, I'll be leading. Desperate Housewives. I'm online. I'm online. Sex in the City. I like the films, but I didn't really care for the show. One thing I will say is, um, we haven't mentioned Watchmen yet, which yeah, I was gonna say Watchmen. You know what? I've never ever watched the show or the film. The, sh- the, you the show's won. better than the film. Yeah, much better. I think story. the film is great, but it's, it's one of that doesn't yeah. hold the t- test of time again. I think, I think it's one of the best DC films on a low, but yeah, they don't really put it. I think it's a, I think it's a top tier superhero film. Yeah, I think you watch it and say, "I I don't I wish I was there," but. It's, <laughs> 
I've, no, yeah. you know what it is? When I used to watch it as a kid, yeah, when I used to see it as a kid, I used to just think it used to look like really nerdy. Like I was a nerd as a kid, but I used to think like that was like Star Trek and that. Like I can't watch. Like I, I used to put it in that same bracket, so that's but why I just didn't watch it because I was I like, feel like, no, see I'm the Watchmen. There. That I think that's that's also the brilliance of it. It takes like the very kind of nerdy aspects of superheroes and casts them kind of out. Like this is like the old school sixties or seventies style superhero, and then um, really and truly, it's a it's a dark tale. It's a tale about. Mm humanity and the expectations and also the the extent in which we could go and like being able to control that like with powers and like, obviously that like the you had the whole USA versus Soviet Union um mm-hmm. like war going on back then like yeah so it's based on so many different elements of society at that time but I think it's such a strong story that if you watch it I mean, realize... I don't think of that time. I don't think it's of that time because you have to remember the original Watchmen stories from the seventies. Yeah, I know that. That's why. I, that's why I said of oh, that time. Of the you know what I mean? Because I, yeah, I think those. I think those elements still hold up today, which is 100%. why the film slaps. That's why the, a lot yeah. of people, like, the TV show it's, still slaps. Yeah, like both. Like both of them really. They grip at something that is concerned with society, and I feel yeah. like that's. Yeah, it, the way it's done, it's probably the best approach that I have seen superhero hero movies do. Like even considering stuff like um, what's that one? It starts with an E. Uh, Marvel Eternals. Like That's Eternals try to grab at so many ideas, clunked it together, and it's like, look, all of our characters are very diverse, and they deal with problems in society that you should acknowledge and. Yeah, it's like kind of overcooked, but watch something like The Watchmen and you'll realize mm. that how you'll realize how that it could be applied in a superhero kind of sense. Yeah, so what's I'm your gonna... guys's top like top five? I'm, I'm top gonna talk about ones you didn't list. Obviously, The Wireless Polos are in my top two favorite shows of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna mention Entourage, that is a that is a comfort show for I've me. Never, I've never watched that. it, you know, and I always wanted to, always wanted to as a kid. Well. That is the show that made me want to get into music scoring on film and TV. 100%. What a soundtrack! Oh, White so Lotus is currently my favorite thing. I have a watch that. Yeah, a friend suggested that to me, and I was kind of just I was cussing her because it's like, What the fuck is White Lotus? Lotus? I was just you know, the ones we when someone suggests something to you, you just want to dismiss it. Yeah, because you're so. a hater, <laughs> not really. I'll watch it and enjoy it, but yeah, the other thing I was going to mention is Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. However, I'm not. Literally, that's someone. Yeah. I love that show. Love that show. One of my favorite. I. It's so bad. Like I picked that up when I was like literally chilling at like Scully's with um, with Blau like years ago, and yeah, it's become a show that for me is kind of like a comfort show. Like when I'm down, I can put that on and just laugh. Like it's a hilarious, hilarious show. And I actually okay. think when I look at the look at like the list, it might creep in like as my fifth, but. The standard four was mentioned. I feel like, yeah, that's we got, we got a shout out. I may destroy you. And I knew he was gonna say that. Mm-hmm. I can't lie. I think I may destroy you is one of the best singular, like just like contained stories. It manages to do something fresh. There's no like you don't have to suspend too much realism. I think she manages to do what Donald Glover does do well in Atlanta but fails to do in lots of other things, which is sometimes be abstract, 
make a story, like talk about the challenges you face in life, face in life, and all of this, without consistently having to be on the nose, and like without it going all too left, like. And obviously insecure as well. I, I generally really like insecure. I think yeah. I think that show as well. Would you, that is my Sex in the City. Would you say I need to watch Insecure? Would you say Succession is in there? I Succession is such a weird show for me because I love Succession, and you guys know I love Succession. I love Succession, but I don't like any of the characters, and I've been. Saying and it's not one of my favorite shows. <laughs> like it's, it's really weird. So, I like it because I like I like politics and I like psychology, and I think that's why I like the Wire and Sopranos. And mm. Succession has those elements, and it is Ooh. written by the guy who, or one of the guys who worked on two of my favorite ever shows, Peep Show, yeah. and Think of It. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think Succession is as good as any of those four shows I just listed. I don't think like it's a show that I'll have to revisit ever once I'm done with it. Like, yeah, it's just it's just good for what it is. Like, I've, it's weird. I think it's really good TV, but I would never say it's my favorite show. So it, odd. it's it's a TV show of right now, like it's of the so big, kind of just yeah, like it's yeah. obviously yeah, it's all that everyone's talking about, but it's also the sort of series that people won't talk about in ten years because I think I think also within that subject matter, probably some stuff like that will either kind of get dated or people will just kind of be like, yeah, I don't think it has the legs as something like The Sopranos. Yeah, um, it, I th- I think it's a great show for its time. But yeah, I, I think you, by the time watched, I finish season four, I was going to say, have you watched The Wire, um, Russ? No, I mean, I've, I've, I think I've watched half of season one twice, and it's always kind of just in times either at uni or kind of like through periods of work where I then just got busy and just f- it fell off. I ch- Not that I, I didn't enjoy you. it. I'm going to challenge I mean, you to just. I that. binged four series of Succession in two weeks. And then yeah, start having I mean, dreams about succession. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. You'll be able to do I mean, the wire, trust me. <laughs> I hope no one's I was having that. dreams of succession. What did you just do? No, no, no. I'm not even in my chair. I'm in my bed, innit? I looked to the left and I saw like the my speaker thing, innit? <laughs> and I saw it's like coming for you, so I tried to dodge. <laughs> 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 I mean, are, you, are you hallucinating? Bro, yeah, I didn't, bro. I'm literally concentrating on what you guys are saying. Bro. Yeah, man. No, it tripped me out. Fucking up. Yeah, but no, I need, to, I need to watch. I think I, it is I good. do need to watch the wire. I think the wire is quality, and I think hmm. the wire is everything I love about Succession, and same with Sopranos. But the added point is that obviously they both have gangsters in them, so there's like there's actually like. More action, higher stakes. Like at yeah. the end of the day, succession is about rich people being rich, making decisions to affect them being rich. Yeah. I like Yeah. I really I, thought I really in the first series of succession you know? that someone was gonna die. Like I kept remember I kept on saying to you, man, when's Kendall yeah. gonna get wigged? When's someone yeah. gonna get wigged? Like I genuinely <laughs> thought someone was gonna hire a hitman to just kill someone. And it's then when I realized about it's not that prices. show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I real- when I realized it's not that kind of show, I was like, all right, I'm gonna have to suck it up. I just stay with Kendall for four four seasons, and I still don't like him. That pussy. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, yeah. I was gonna say about the wire, Ross. Yeah, the wire for me is like complete storytelling. Like the the directors, um, I think Ed Burns and someone else. So I forgot his David name. David Simon. But, yes. Like so, they both had worked in their professions as like a. I think uh, David Simons was a German journalist, right, for yeah. a long time, and Ed Burns was 
like a a police officer for ten plus years, and then he retired and became yeah. a teacher. So it's like their perspective on the wire and how the story is all structured. It's literally based on real life and real, yeah. even real, real. It was actors. a real investigated see, report, see, innit? Yeah, season, like, it's see, actually a real yeah. So season one, season one is about the police and and gang. Well, all series about gangs and its streets. No, but it's but, also it's it's so like intricate. It's like season one's also like it's about like the street level dealers, like the people on the corners, yeah, 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 yeah like yeah. the um, drug addicts. The street level police and then it's like season two is when they get in like the the journalists the dock workers and at the yeah. first time i watched it i didn't realize that but the dock workers are also just like another side of the city it's like these are working men mm. and they have like opportunities to make money off drugs the same way people on the block hey, do. Man. remember when i told you about poor cities man yeah rush trust me just yeah Watch it's, it. It's no, so... but the boy is like there. I'll pull it through it. I can get through it. I've been, I've been telling, I've been telling, um, my one of my one of my best friends. He's gonna kill me for saying best friend again. On on uh, uh for calling my best friend again. Why but, you don't know like that? No, no, no. I know. Of course, I'm not, like, I'm not a big friend. Bro. Don't do that. Anyway, <laughs> but obviously, he's what he's one of my one of my closest oh, brethren, and it one of my closest brethren. I've been telling him for years to watch the wire, and he just like he's not done it. But like I, every time I tell him, I'm like, bro. Just what is like it's on it's on the cold, list, isn't it? But, it's so yeah. cold. And I think I like it because I like the news when I was younger, I really wanted to be a newspaper journalist and editor. And like like Simons's work was one of the things that they look at. Even studying journalism at uni, it's like one of the things that like they look at as like this is upper echelon stuff, investigating stuff to the lower level, and having a friend who is literally mm. a homicide detective and being able to get all of this in a inner information and it literally is inner information but like using it to flesh out a world to become such an iconic show yeah yeah and the world building like my thing my thing about shows russ is world building like i love Mm -hmm. like when 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 you when i can see everything is being created like slowly that's why i don't mind slow burners when it comes to like tv shows and stuff like that because i just i I like the what this is why i say avatar i know you're not gonna kill me but the world building in avatar is insane it's insane yes are you talking about james cameron or the last airbender because James Cameron, James Cameron, James Cameron. Oh, I'm talking about Last Airbender. I'm Airbender is on my um is on my list. It's it's literally on my Netflix like watch list. So I'm gonna I didn't, watch I didn't finish the second one, the Korra, the Korra one or whatever it is. The Legend of Korra. That was just a little follow-up. They're bringing it actually Nickelodeon have actually put loads of money into it to because people mm-hmm. love it so much, it's become such a classic that they're yeah. developing a whole avatar universe. So I'm very happy about that because I think I didn't so, even like season one when I watched it. When I watched season one, I was like, it's a bit childish, I don't really care for it. But the way the characters grow and then they made the world building, like I remember just randomly turning it on one time at like near the tail end of season two, maybe season three. And I was like, no way, it's the same show. Like, yeah, you've got, like, you got yeah. like, real life problems in yeah. that. Yeah. Like, Zuko <laughs> like, was trying to off, man. And yeah, like, trying to whip people in that. And I was like, thinking, wait. All right, you like spoilers, man, please. Please, please. Did you ever watch the M Night film? M Night, oh, no. There's certain films I can look at and I say, uh, and you know what it is? It's since I watched the Jungle Z film, which I knew was going to be shit. Oh, I wanted to kill oh. my man. 
I knew it was going to be right, shit. We're, we're going to we're gonna have it. we're going to have an episode about films that are absolutely dark. That's my nah, because we oh. will just have to do that. Let's just do that once every eight episodes because there's always shit films. That's gonna come up naturally. That's just that's just gonna happen. Always shit films. Let's have an episode every eight episodes on the worst film we've watched in the last two months, three months. Oh yeah, shit films. But I'm gonna say some. I'm gonna say some killers. I'm gonna say some ones that you love. You're gonna say films that I'm not shit. He's gonna say John Wick four, and he's gonna be booted from the show. Now, now listen. What I will say, John Wick one. It was just very low budget in it. John Wick 2, cold, 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 cold film. Cold film. John Wick 1 was not that low budget. It, it looks it, I'll tell, tell you that. It looks it. Because out of the first, the first scene in 2, I'd messaged one of my friends the and I was like, wasn't yeah. as high as a I was like, I was like, yeah, listen, this film already is is giving me a lot more life than number one did in, out, in, like in 15 minutes. I do think 2 is the best, but I do think you need to take in one because... One sets the story and opens the world for him to spend so much peas on the other one because it was so successful. I think yep. for me, um, I think CJ's gonna come here and he's say like, "Yeah, I just watched Toy Story two for the first time. Worst film." No, Toy, Toy, Story, <laughs> Toy Story is literally one of my favorite films ever. Please. Oh God! Finally, something. Right, right, can I? Can I, I put my? I put my, I put my favorite films. My eight can I just favorite ask films. Something quickly. Like, um, how much do you think the John Wick? Budget was like John Wick one. I reckon twenty mil, twenty one mil, twenty two mil. I checked it. It's twenty. Yeah, it's twenty to thirty. Yeah. That's what they said. So. And then yeah. the next one, the yeah, next one was be, be. because because they did it. I remember reading the story about them kind of just doing it for the heck of it, like just to do something because they wanted to get the team back together in it from like the Matrix and that. And Keanu was like, like not really. He hasn't really had the love for acting in that period, in it. And then he did that, and everyone loved it. And he, they were like, "Oh my god, he's still the guy." Yeah. And, and then John like... John Wick Two had a double budget. Trust me, you can see that in the cinematography, the the cameras, the the the. the, the but I don't, the think I don't think it's that. I don't think it's nah, that. you know what it is. One I thing you have films. to realize, yeah. No, nah, but one thing you have to right. realize is John Wick is directed by people who started as stunt coordinators, so they weren't directors, so they're learning on job. So of course, each John Fair. Wick, they're gonna get better and better and better. Like, yeah. but the first one, they're just trying things out and they're directing it from the view of being stunt coordinators. It just looks grey. That's not that's the yeah, problem. But, and, but also, isn't part of the point? Like the first film is that he's at, yeah. Isn't the whole point of the first one is that he's out of the life? So the first one is probably going to be more contained in that sort of kind of like grey, gritty environment. And then the yeah. whole point is we're opening the world. Here's this more lavish, and like you kind of meet yeah, the families in the high right. table, and then it's just like that's where it starts to get also, lavish and more colourful and vibrant and stuff because you're introduced to more. You're at that kind of extra next step. Also, there is a thing about colour theory in John Wick, not to make this a John Wick episode as well, but there's a thing about colour theory in John Wick. <laughs> so in John Wick 1, yeah, like, it is supposed to be grey because Donnie's depressed. He's lost his wife. And hmm. the only time... Well, boo-hoo, get him, over it. Anyway, the, the, so, but when I was telling you this before the podcast, it was a, hey, oh, hey, gosh. let men be venerable, yeah? Yeah, but <laughs> you can't ask him for John Wick. <laughs> Well, like, oh, well. anyway, the only points they use larger amounts of color, yeah, is when he's facing an enemy. And I don't know if you noticed it, it's mad bait now that I'm saying it, yeah. But enemies, whenever enemies on screen, there's mad red, and whenever he's on screen, there's mad I want to say it's blue, it might be green. Yeah. And then whenever it's a neutral situation, it's either blue or green. Can't remember, yeah. but they only really use those three colors in those draws. But obviously, you can't do that for four films because it will just nah. be ridiculous. 
Yeah. So that's that's also why the, there's less color in one because I think they just thought they're gonna do one. And also in, inflation, man, price of shit. Like, oh god, my bought real world issues. I hear it. No, it's it's true, man. Like, recession had just finished when they filmed one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now, and now it's to, back. Be like, yo, it's similar kind of budget. It's just like, yo, of course, <laughs> you know what I mean? The years have gone by, yeah. I hear yeah, it. Bro. Okay, to kind of finish off, though, should we um touch back on paid in full? Oh uh, yes, the callback, the weekly callback that yes. we're gonna do. We challenge Ross to go watch Paid in Full, the the film that this podcast is semi named after, because yeah. there is conflicting views on it. I think it is a cult classic. CJ Edwards thinks it's one of their worst films. I'm saying your full name so they can find you. It's one of the worst I, films that exist. I just didn't say it's one of the worst ones that exist. I just said it's bad. I just said it ain't as good as what everyone thinks. If the people okay, were white, no one would care. Like this is what, okay. this this is the, this that's my point. But, but they care about Sopranos. Let's yes, see sir. when the new they care about this is England. Out. You know what I mean? Because this is England is a classic bro. What do you mean? This in England has not, as, not like it has as many flaws. Anyway, Literally. we'll get into this. What the in fuck? The next therapy date. Now, wait, the fuck? Now, now, the main character. This is England. Like lived on my estate in it, so I have to back that one still. <laughs> oh God! Oh, I'm being serious. I'm being serious. If you're from Harlem, Payton Four would be the best film of all time. Yeah. <laughs> you're anyway, like relic from Blue Story. <laughs> God, oh, I can't. I can't wait for the UK film. Yo. I can't wait. So go on, Russ. Take it away. What did you think? Painful's fine. Like when we finished this podcast, as I say, it was, it was mixed bag. Russ, Blink, Scully said it was okay. okay. Blink, you are okay, Scully. Scully, funny. you were saying that it was obviously like this cult classic. CJ, you. Basically, I, I went back through your comments in our kind of little group chat as well. And at one point, you said like it's seven out of ten, and then you're like it's garbage. So I, I don't know. I, de- I generally don't know where you stand on this. <laughs> but thing is, it is it is a perfectly fine sort of kind of like gangster film. Like it's it's fine. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's forgettable. Wait, actually, that is the yeah. That is I think the biggest thing for it is the fact, or the biggest problem with it is it's just it's just forgettable. It's like we kind of talked at the beginning. You get those movies where you watch it and you think, this is, yeah. And once it's done and you watch something else, you'll forget about it. And that's basically kind of how I felt. And, you know, and I think I kind of, when I was watching it through, obviously it's kind of riffing off Scarface. And that is obvious from the fact that people are watching Scarface. There's kind of all these kind of signs and different kind of themes and motifs from Scarface, like different kind of phrases and things popping up. And that's a story that pops up all over the place someone who comes from perhaps kind of, you know, from nothing to kind of to the riches um, and then their downfall. And it's fine. It does that pretty well. It's pretty good. I mean, the soundtrack's great. I think that's probably, why is it, Scully, for you, what makes it kind of a cult classic? Is it more the fact of everything within it? Like, is it kind of the, the performers? Is it the soundtrack? What is it specifically? I think there's very little in that film that I can say is bad. I think the performances are great from Wood Harris, from Cameron, um, from Mickey Pfeiffer. I think that I think if you're gonna tell me, CJ, that you think they're bad in it, I would have to say you're lying. But the soundtrack is good. I think the styling is good. 
I think the story self-contained is good. And even though it's like you're saying, what's the Scarface references, the fact that Painful is based on a true story and manages to contain mm. it, do it well with the help of the guy who it actually happened to without, and it does something that not a lot of black gangster films do well, or even gangster films in general, gangster films in general, actually, let me just say, yeah, it actually doesn't glorify it. Like the, the end of the film is like, yeah, I lived this life and I thought it was great at the time. And in retrospect, it was fucking awful. I lost people in my life. My best friend snaked me. My other best friend is dead. He lost his little brother. Everything is a mess. I'm actually glad that I made it out so I can make this film with you now. Like it, it ties up the gangster film and it's for one, the best black version of a gangster film I think I've ever seen. Two, one of the only gangster films that from that era that does not glorify being a gangster at all. Like it's just like, mm. yeah, this is actually not a great love. Like I, that's one of the films I remember watching growing up and being like, I actually don't want to be a coke kingpin. <laughs> like his his mom gets kidnapped. His girl gets beaten yeah, up. Like yeah. everything. Like it's just like awful. Like nothing about this yeah. lifestyle that you're showing me is like you mm. want to do that type thing. Besides the money and the cars. Do you know what it is as well for me? I think it's because people glorify like Rico, and I've never got it. I've never yeah, understood it. I but yeah, I take this from. I've early. never understood. You know what I was I gonna say, early, yeah. CJ. You don't like it because of the people who put it as their best ever film. No, but yeah. do you know do you know what that is? I I understand it because I had a period where I had to argue and tell people it's not one of the best films in the world. It's an okay mm-hmm. film, like, but it's not one of the best in the world because people are putting it in lists with like literally legendary films. And my thing is, when people caught on to play, to like paid in full, it was like the memification. Like certain fi- certain films yeah. had like that aura before even the idea of memes existed in the way we use it like through the internet. Like it had, uh, we it had mad quotables. Yeah, like the mad quotables. Like I used to see it on like even I swear like people's MSNs. Like mm-hmm. I used to see it like um people refer to them that that that's their tag or refer to themselves. I had as a Jace Boogie I had a Jace Boogie face. You know what I mean? Like but, yeah it, it became Jesus. such a such a thing that continuously carried on and even till today like some people are still like naming themselves after like characters from that or using quotes from that and the new use yeah. has been even channeling it into like football twitter and stuff like um yeah you're like um, you'll be all right that quote with mm-hmm. like people losing and all of this so yeah man it's just got such a for me, it's got like it's had such a long life expectancy in terms of those quotables and standing out within mm. the culture. That yeah, it's a thing that will never die and it will always be like referred to when it comes to that type yeah. of. Film. I, th- I think that's the strength. Rush, just to let you know as well. Sorry, Rico actually came out of prison um, recently and died. Um, so yeah, with his eyes open, okay. as well, so he deserved it. But yeah, that's what they say. I just want. I just. I just want to let that be known. I just want to let that be known. But no, but no, Jude, you're, fact, fact. I think Jude's point, like you, you know, like, talk about that kind of that memification thing. That's ba- like watching the film. I was just like, of course, I know what this like this film and what it is because it's um. I love the hustle. That meme is always. Yeah. I always see that on Twitter. I always see that always. in some sort of group chat. And it's like, oh, okay, great. You know, I I, I know where I am. And I think you know, it's, 
I'm broke, it's- baby. I ain't got no money. <laughs> but that's like when you kind of think of like, because I, I mean, I, I like Pain and Fall. I think it's good. You know, as I say, I think for the story that it is and that kind of genre, I think there are better films. I think that it is familiar and that ultimately I'll probably just completely forget about it at some point. But like, I also kind of understand that with that memification and that kind of like making it kind of like a cult classic, it's kind of the reason why things like The Room still kind of mm-hmm. so is so popular because it's so that is a film. terrible film but yeah. it's the memification but, and then you see it in a theater with that crowd and it's amazing but i think part see, of I, the I saw it with tommy wise the then it's is, like it's incredible but i think part of the room is you generally can't believe that film that bad exists oh yeah of course <laughs> yeah yeah so bad but we've paid in full like i said i think it is a perfectly good like for me, seven out of ten film, but mm. what to what I'm saying with CJ is there is a like a class of people, yeah, who put it as the greatest film ever. And for me, yeah. it's like pizza or chicken tenders, yeah, like, they're just fine, isn't it? Like they're cool, like you can get great, you can get great <laughs> pizza, but it's not the upper echelon of you, your palate. Like, do you want to know what it is? Do you want to know what it is? I feel like, especially like growing up, um, in like the hood, if you will. Like there's certain films you you would you, you just had to watch in it like especially as a black you so there was there was like poetic justice juice, paid in full get rich or die trying blah blah out of all them films when I watch paid in full like I I love get rich or die trying like I love it I think it's a great film I think it's a great film I think Fifty said I think it is a good film but I do think as a film individually if you take away the album get rich or die trying paid in full might be a better film. That, yeah. that's that's fine but I'm, I'm just saying from my first experience from my first experience of it when i watched it i was like okay but i think it's just because one again i've never been wanting to sell cocaine i've never been wanting to shoot up everywhere i've never been like, i've never been wanting to do any of that and, and i feel like yeah that film doesn't glorify it but it does like at the start in it do you know what I mean? Like, I like, think I think a big like, part of it as well is the black classics you're measuring up against, like poetic justice, poetic justice, boys in the hood, all of this. Yeah, they're like films that are not necessarily like boys in the hood has gangster elements, but it's not really about that. It's actually about like like viscerally trying to reject that and fighting that and like staying away from it. Poetic justice. That's what's my favorite film. Like like all of these films have different elements that take it away from that. And yeah, my, the reason why I rate Pay the Fool is Pay the Fool oh, wow. is a gangster thing without talking while meeting. Uh, sorry to even try to try to interject here, but this is what I was trying to say. I was screaming off work, but um, I wanted to say that with these films, we also have to be very careful because we sometimes group them under one banner. Like, as Scully was yeah, saying, like, yeah. they might have gangster elements, but they're not those type of films. So Poetic Justice, Boys in the Hood. Like, I see these films as like black drama films yeah like they're, they're led like through kind of like a black lens but they're still like drama mm. films and you even some like rom-coms in there like love and basketball people would just say mm-hmm. oh black films and then throw get rich with that try it and boys in the hood and like pay them full together but yeah we have to be very like distinct like there's gangster films because something like that is it's not really different to a lot of these like uh um Italian mobster films like yeah. one. Mm-hmm. What I was even thinking of, what is that? Uh, Donny Brasco. Yeah, yeah Donny Brasco. Brasco. I, yeah. I love that film, but really and truly, it's a film about a snitch. Yeah, 
You know what I mean? Like it's a snitch yeah. from from yeah. ends who gets it, infiltrates like that lifestyle. And while that might be looked at as at, as more of a serious film, I still think they're stories that are dedicated to the gangster genre. It's just coming through different communities. And then even yeah. get rich and die trying, I would see that as a bio, biographical drama. I never really saw that as a gangster film. Gangster, gangster elements, yeah. but not a gangster I, film. I think it's it's that film is so sick because there is a law of 50 Cent's life that we all knew when the film dropped from mm. listening to his music. And the film like kind of was like the cherry on top. Like, whereas yeah. Paid in Full is one of the only black gangster films, like you just saying, that it can stand alone as a gangster film in that genre that's actually good. And it's more so the devaluing yeah. of it where if we list all the gangster films that exist of that, that might be Italian, they might be Russian, they might be whatever. There's a lot of dross in there that it, the film is better than, but because we're looping it just under black films, like you're saying, CJ, like you're saying, oh, it's not as good as Poetic Justice, it's not as good as Poetic Justice. That's actually unfair. Yeah. In its genre, it's it's a top billing. Yeah. But then that, that's like what I kind of, when I, I think when we talked about it in the kind of the group chat, and I was kind of said, you know, if I think of some of the better gangster movies that I've seen, and, you know, I was, I was talking about things like Goodfellas and some of the Scorsese stuff, but he, that's a different kind of, first of all, different kind of style of filmmaking. And obviously that's a director at that point who's well-established, who's got kind of that money in the career and his specific visual style. And as you kind of say, it's probably not fair for me to compare Peyton Fall to Goodfellas because just because they're in the same genre, they aren't necessarily the same kind of film. And I was just kind of thinking next, I think when we talked about this kind of like a while back, I, I think we'd had this conversation about kind of like gangster movies and black gangster movies. And the one that kind of popped into my head was Dead Presidents. But that's not a black gangster mm. movie. That happens mm. to have crime elements, but it's not a black gangster movie. It's about a guy who goes to Vietnam War and comes back and has been treated like shit and mm. has to resort to crime to try and kind of get, you know, make his way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it is people kind of can conflate genre and specific aspects of that film. Um, and Judah, I think to your kind of your point, as you said, like who was it recently? One of you guys kind of said something about Ry Lane and someone had said that because the, the leads were black. Like it was just a black film rather than perhaps a romantic comedy. And I think it's like yeah, yeah. people we're, we're, we're arguing that people are gonna view it as that. Like yeah, even a lot of comments like we went to a house party the other day filled with black people, a lot of different type of people there, but mm. there were black people there specifically, and I'm referencing them because they were like, film's not gonna be good because you know, you lot just like it because they're black. And like we're like, no, it's just a great rom com. I like rom coms. Mm. <laughs> Like somebody had watched 10 minutes of the film and they're trying to say that they love rom-coms. A black man is like, I love rom-coms, but I watched 10 minutes of it and I turned it off because, you know, it was dead. And I was like, you've got 10 minutes through the film. Like he, like they didn't even get past the part where they walked through the shopping center and they're trying to say that they could give an accurate Someone else said that they watched a, the trailer and they were like, well, I knew from the trailer it's not going to be good. And I was like, that is a, it's a devaluing. This is a, again, another thing that could be a whole episode, but it's a devaluing of black art that we assume. I think partially when you're black is through proximity. Like, it's just like, oh, it's yeah. almost people feel like I could have done that. Like, I could probably make that film. I could probably do it because mm. I, I'm also black. That is basically what you're saying. I, when you do I it. can't lie. I used to do that with, when I was younger, I used to do that with adulthood and adulthood. I can't lie. But now I've looked back and I think it's okay because fuck no color. Yeah, fuck 
what you know what I mean? I knew, I knew well, something. I say, my energy didn't no, take no, 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 but no, no, but they know. But, but, yeah, you just want to be vindicated. I agree. I agree. They were cold, like, but I you know what I mean. My energy. I look in the same way. I look at it the same way. I look at Peyton Paul. I actually think we have not seen a better black hood film from the UK. Maybe Bullet Boy. Bullet Boy is up there, but it's them two. I think they're actually good, and I think. Yeah, I think sometimes we look at things through a shiny Hollywood lens, and we give things more ratings because they come from that, and devalue certain things because you don't understand it. But like, and it's not on that level. But like, I'll be real: white people don't really do that. Like, look at kids. Kids was just a bunch of kids in a flat in New York, and like got critical acclaim. And then the director is now making like massive multimedia things because people mm. can appreciate it for what it is in the story that they're telling. And I feel like it has to come from like a holier than thou approach for it to be about, for it to be black and it to be talking about the social issues. Cause when you talk about dead presidents, Ross, yeah, you, like one thing that hit me is that you're right. A lot of films that people devalue as just gangster films are actually films about social issues yeah. that, are telling the story, but part of the black experience, a lot of black people know people who have done crime because of the social experience that they're living in, which is forcing them to do that, right? Like, when you talk about kiddohood, kiddohood is actually like, not everybody lives that life, but a lot of people know people who got bullied in school, like mm. that, or, or friendship splitting up because one person wants to go uni, but one person feels like they haven't got the 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 academic new for it. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, somebody getting involved in pastor who's actually a good youth, like, they're a nice person, but, like, pride or postcode beef or whatever is holding them back. Like, kiddothood does it in quite a good way. The last one was terrible. As adulthood, what were they called? called? We don't, brotherhood. brotherhood. We, don't, we, don't, we don't acknowledge that one. Shout out to Stormzy, man. That's my guy, man. But, yo, that film was bad. That film was ass. I, I don't hear I'm here to double down. Matters, that shit was a two pack of ass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hear we could have done without it. And I think it would have been the best whoa, thing. Whoa, ever. whoa, whoa, whoa. It was all right. It was all right. It wasn't terrible. I think Uncle Trevor was actually quite scary in it. Like the scene where the, listen, the scene where he had the gun and he had the baseball bat. Bro, that was my I had that as, as wallpaper. I think I think there's so much we can take from those two films that you have to applaud him for it, but it also would have been better for his legacy if he just did Kid Hood and moved on. Like, if he just did it once and then did other stuff, like... I was going to say something so wild. Yeah, no, 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 let's say it. It would have been better for his legacy if he did it and he did it, you know, sexually assault women. That also would have been great for his legacy. But, you know... Outside no, I was going to say, so well, no, but go on, go on, carry oh, on. Oh, hey, man, hey, fly free. We'll just put a it <laughs> No, I was just going to say, if you did do adulthood, the numbers would have been down in it. But fucking yeah. hell. Fucking I mean, hell. Fair enough. But yeah, man, I think, I just think it's something we got to do better at, like, just in general, appreciating things for what they are, because... Create part of creativity in art is creating with the resources you have, right? And not everybody mm. is gonna their first thing is gonna be a super slick Hollywood hundred million pr- production. I really am happy for people just do nothing at what level they got to, but it was much funnier when it was just them shooting with a bunch of uni students as their crew, <laughs> just making something for the sake of making something. 
they were way more creative. And you can enjoy the BBC series way more because it has higher production value and special guests and all of this. But you don't get that without them creating for creating sake with no budget. And I think mm. sometimes, sometimes as critics or people, regardless, we can forget these things. Like we can forget Insecure came from Issa Rae just making YouTube shorts. Or like, you know, like Donald Glover started making music because he used to make little mixtapes when he was in uni. Like you have to go through those stages to be able to evolve to something bigger. And maybe something, maybe they never will evolve to anything bigger. I don't know what the people in Paid and Full did after Paid and Full. But what you can say is you are going to get certain things greenlit. Like who's to say Paid and Full didn't help something like American Gangster get the full play it needed? Or who's to say some kid wasn't inspired by it and is now going to do a short film that allows him to go to the next series. Like, it's all part of the process. Yeah, true. True. You're right, you're right. 100% I agree. What are we looking forward to watching this week then, boys, before we get out of here? Oh, Dead... Uh, wait, no, wait. Polite Society and Big George Ford. You're, you're about to say Dead Poet Society, innit? <laughs> yeah. My brain just skips off and was like, nah. Like, Shout out to that. Robin Williams, man. That's yeah. my guy. Yeah. R.I.P., man. Guy. R.I.P. One of my favourite films, actually. When you see him Polite Society, I might, I might catch you in it. Uh, it. It's out in four days' time, so it's out on Friday. When it's out... Like holiday weekend, innit? Link up. Might even have to pre... Yeah, let's even pre-book that, like... Because yeah, I want to make sure when it gets to them, them earlier screenings. Because, yeah, that is, that's looking amazing. I keep saying, and it feels a bit racially charged, and I don't mean it that way, that it's going to be like a British equivalent to everything, everywhere, all at once. Like, not different as fantastic. Well, different type of Asian, so that is racially charged. Okay. <laughs> but I meant in terms of its no, genres. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. You know what I mean? It's got like sci-fi elements. It's got like uh, martial arts. Based I on think we're getting. I think, I think we're getting a lot better at telling world stories. Like you raised an interesting point, Ross, just on accident in the group chat, and I never picked up on it. That your viewing of beef, like you might not get all of the cultural points, and I find that quite interesting mm. because I know that I don't necessarily get the exact same cultural points when I watch stuff like that. But I do understand cultural pressures. So even if yeah. my thing is not the exact same thing, like there is a certain element of an Asian show, like that like, uh, uh, poet, what's it called again? Polite Society. Well, <laughs> you got confused. Not Poet like, Society. Yeah, live Poet Society. No, like Polite Society that I'm going to watch. And even though I'm not living the Asian experience, there'll be cross correlating parts of my cultural upbringing that I can take. Or when I watch yeah. I don't have the Asian parent stereotype or necessarily the same pressure, but there's bits that I can relate to and be like, yeah, I get that. I get that. Like, I had to be my brother's keeper growing up. Like, like little things like that. And I don't know. I feel like there's an episode there that we're going to have to pick up on. Mm. Yeah, cool. definitely. There's so many. I love how there's so much. Well, for me, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, and I've always been thinking this because, like, as a creative, as someone that writes, I always think about like the amount of inspiration that is necessary to like take an input into like an idea. And even yesterday, I like I was at a, I was at a, a festival, the Murky Books uh, Literary Literature Festival, and um, mm-hmm. Mallory Blackmore was speaking, and 
she's obviously like written some episodes for like Doctor Who amongst mm-hmm. like writing a whole spread of books. And someone asked her about like the process of like coming together with that episode where the episode is based on Doctor Who going back to the time of like Rosa Parks being on a bus and they had like a whole situation where they added like sci-fi elements and that and she said she made sure that when she was creating that episode that she didn't she didn't like jump on board just because it was an idea that fulfilled like oh look this is like the black quota for a story like mm. she made sure she wanted to be able to tell a story in a way which could you know like trigger out trigger people to think about certain concepts that apply to all human beings and I feel like a lot of the content that we're seeing now people are getting the creative license where they're doing that it's not a thing of like oh they're doing that and mm-hmm. they're a black director so go and watch them or they're an Asian director so go and watch them it's like this is literally their whole perception of life and we should give it up to the director and trust that they know how to expose a good story Another example I was thinking of is Chloe Zhao, like in her way of directing. Mm-hmm. Like she hasn't done something that is heavily based on like her culture, but it's just like her whole perspective and perception with the films that she makes. It puts together a whole different story. So yeah, we're interested to see what is made of this. Yeah, man. I feel like we're getting more of that. Like, because I feel like me personally. I have a big thing of I don't watch slavery films. I remember I watched the Butler. I was saying, I was film. saying this. I was saying this yeah. yesterday. I don't watch them films. I feel like it's trauma porn, bro. I don't watch. I it. watch. I watched the Butler once, yeah, Ross, yeah, with my mum, mm. and we were leaving the cinema, and an old couple were like, "So, what did you think of the film?" And I know they didn't mean anything of it. They're trying to be really harmless, but like yeah. I was just like, "Why are you coming ask us? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, everyone in the cinema over like what we think of it? Like it's calm in it. Like it's calm film in it. What do you want to know?" And it's like, I personally will. I I really like a film like a Moonlight, which as a heterosexual black man teaches me stuff about homosexual black experiences and what they're going through and like experiencing mm. or like an insecure or like I said I may destroy you which will pose things to me that I can learn from because I might relate to some of the black experience bit but I won't again relate to the bits that are specifically for women and maybe like a white woman could watch I may destroy you and relate to some of the, the, the subjects but then there'll be parts about the black experience they don't get a gay man might relate to some of the, the things in there but not like there's so many different layers to it you get it and it's like yeah. i enjoy things like that even ryan lane i enjoy that because some people would call it a black rom-com and i guess it is by nature of the fact that the, the people who are in the rom-com are black and mm. with love. but at the core of it it's just a really good rom-com like i i don't know if you call it a black rom-com because it's just i think anyone can watch it and enjoy it as a rom-com like it's just yeah a good that's rom-com. the thing i've always kind of like found kind of like weird with that is that people will just say like oh that's that kind of black romantic comedy and they're they're only saying that because on the poster there's two black leads like you don't you wouldn't see like a poster for Notting Hill and say that's the white rom-com you would just say that's the wrong that's a romantic comedy that new romantic comedy's out and like yeah I don't know that's and I kind of think I guess like with also kind of I guess I know like last week we talked about kind of directors and filmmakers who we kind of got into and I kind of listed Tarantino and Tarantino's kind of hard to watch to some extent kind of like nowadays like mm. even things like pulp fiction then he's got his whole scene where he's kind of written his monologue and yeah. you're like right okay why have you given yourself this kind of monologue 
and then like you kind of go back i don't i keep going back to jane like when i watch Django unchained i'm just not the biggest fan of Django unchained now like, i think it's really entertaining no, Ross, you like, killed it... my adulation for quentin tarantino you don't know this you actually don't know this but i'm telling you this live on the pod don't do don't do it for me. Why? Don't do it for Why? me. Don't do it for me. You and Arj, you got us some tickets to see the special release in the special cinema IMAX of the Hateful Eight. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah the road show. And I was like, yeah, it's a great <laughs> film, but like, there was just so many unnecessary M words. Like, yeah. like, you didn't really yeah. need them. And the first one, when it was have just you... a hillbilly, was calm. But then you was just throwing them in for yo. Uh, have that. you have you have you have you you man watched Jackie Brown, bro? There yeah, Jackie mm-hmm. Brown is a black exploitation film, and it's actually very complex that a white man thought I'm going to make a black exploitation film. But like, even without getting into that, you can give some license there because Save that for the you, episode. What I'm saying about I'm racially abusing the shit out of you, <laughs> and you. like like I'm dropping so many ends. It looks like I dropped my alphabet soup. But wow. I think wow. I think don't wow it, dude. You taught me. You taught me the ways. You're you're even you're even the dark Sith Lord. I'm Anakin in this. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> See that, that laugh? He knows it. He even knows it. He was like, ah, ha, ha. yeah. Um but Ugh. I think with Jackie Brown, I can almost forgive it. Because it's a black exploitation and it, yeah. it might not feel genuine, but when it gets to stuff like the way and when I when he said the other day, yeah, he did an interview the other day. He said he doesn't put much sex in his films, if any. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> necessary to the plot, and I was like, bro, you sound like an incel. And like a friend of um, like a friend of me did was like, oh, that's a reach, and I was like, no, that is the most incel like comment ever. So yeah. you don't see the sex as necessary. But you like the, the racial comments you think are really important to the story. Do you think they move along the narrative? They do a bit. Like, they don't always do. Like in no. the hateful eight, like I said, the first one does. Oh, I can't. You know, you know what? I can't remember the hateful eight. You know, but I just remember I did like it, so I don't want to watch it again because I know bear people don't like it. And that's the thing, like with Tarantino. Like I still like most of his movies, but yep. I just sit there and I, I'm. More attuned to, I'm just like, this is less and less comfortable. You, you know, yeah, what? it's like you just like, don't need that, you can cut that out. Like, you don't like, we need didn't need that 10 minute close up. Yeah, you, you, he's you doing know it what? to yeah. say, like, I can get away with it. You see, Tarantino, yeah, for me, like many other like directors, even some actors, they've lost that, that glow, they've lost that tint because maybe because I've, I've aged and I've learned more about like people them. and their choices and, and them. And like the the people that they've existed by and allowed to thrive, like from like Harvey Weinstein to, you know, I mean, all of these kind of people, and it's like, so acknowledging that, it's like they've lost their tint. And the Tarantino tint for me was that edginess, was the fact that his films like broke boundaries and was communicating in ways I feel like loads of other filmmakers were just scared to do or they couldn't do. But then as my film taste like expanded. I realized, you know what? Yeah, Tarantino's got his style, but there's so many other people who could do this, and yeah. they do it in ways where it's much more natural. Like um, mm-hmm. Jordan Peele's become one of my favorite fil- filmmakers, and yeah. even like Ryan Coogler, like the way that they can use and empower black characters for me feels so much more genuine than I see in a lot of other, you know, films and depictions where it's like if the actor's not really shining through. 
like someone like a Chris Tucker, then yeah, it's hard for them yeah. to yeah. really cast and write them in. I feel like there's a deeper, obviously, conversation here, and we can always have it on the Tarantino episode. There is going to be one. True. Um, but are you speaking Thanks. on black black um, directors? Um, I can't wait for um, Big George Foreman because it's actually done by one of my favorite directors, George Tillman, oh, um, who done The Hate You Give. Um, oh, he was a he, he was a produce. He also done Notorious as well. Um, the 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 Biggie. Good. I didn't I didn't, I didn't really like it. It was okay, but yeah, it was my type of thing. But yeah, um, I, like I, I really like I really like George Tolman. Um, I think wait, he was like if wait, he was either a writer wait, or a producer you liked, on Barbershop. You liked the tour. I know, I know, I know. Like, I didn't want to get into. It. I really didn't want to get into. I'm, I'm muting my back. I'm muting my back. I'm a music fan. It's fine. The first thing that was the first thing that crossed my head, dude. And I was like, you know what? Let's not even pick at this today. Okay, yeah. we can pick on it another time, don't we? Yeah, but yeah. No. Notorious was good, man. It, it was it was good enough. It was good enough. You get me? Like paid in fools. So I just think paid in fools <laughs> overrated. But yeah, cool. Who is better, Cameron as Rico or Anthony Mackie as Tupac? <laughs> Yo. Cameron as Rico, come on, man. <laughs> okay, all right. At least you're honest with yourself, innit? All right, cool, cool, cool. Right, who's better, Cameron as Rico or my man as Biggie Smalls? He's he didn't, he didn't have the eye. Character. He didn't have the eye. He didn't have the eye. But bro. I feel like he was he was a good Biggie man. No, nah, like he was just he, he was a sad Biggie, bro. He looked like Snoopy, fam. He didn't bro. have no. The Biggie more aura. the more I start to think about Notorious, yeah. You're, well, you're getting madder, innit? You're getting angry. It was actually super mid. It was super Bro, mid. I'm getting angry. I'm thinking bare flashbacks. Remember the scene with the burger? You want beef. Oh. And then uh, beef, and then suddenly Tupac dies. Like, what the fuck, CJ? Yeah. Bro, come on, man. I was young when uh, I watched them. Um, that came out my first year of a second of school, innit? And I just remember everyone was gassing about it. I couldn't watch it until direct DVD. I'd oh. listen, I just remember him and little Kim were rapping outside the store, and the next scene, I'm seeing tits all out on the all on the screen. Oh, I, like, I hate CJ, man. <laughs> this is what? why he makes that oh. sense. I know it. I actually oh know it. God. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, yeah. CJ's top ten on letterbox is just the top ten films <laughs> on Mr. Skin. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, yeah, no, you'll be even nuts, my guy. Yeah. In regards to films this week, though, go watch um How to Blow Up a Pipeline. I feel like hey. I've seen that trailer. How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Can that trailer is well, I saw it last week as part of like a preview at Picture House, um, and it's I think it's out officially like this week now, um. Causing a bit of a stir in the states. FBI have released like a bunch of warnings about it, kind of basically trying to deter anyone from starting to get ideas or kind of get encouraged about actually going to blow up energy wow. infrastructure. So in the states, it's kind of getting people a bit riled up. Um, but it's great. Oh, like this it's, it's, it's 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 one of those movies that again you probably think it's probably not like the best made thing you'll ever see. But in regards to things like urgency of like the message and just like the whole like tension of the whole thing yeah that's really good cool. so if you can see that go see that that's good this is what white people need to be using their creativity for i'm not gonna lie yeah tell us a story <laughs> about something that affects us all in a useful way that inspires change in action yeah that is exactly what this is doing I cool think. 
Yeah, I'm on that. I'm very much on that. Listen, um, I'm getting I'm getting out of here because I need to go. Yeah, I don't think there's anything I say. Oh, you just got a beauty call. No, don't do that. No one ever. Absolutely <laughs> never got a beauty call. You know, your, fir- your yes, first answer. Yeah, yeah, you had to hey. think <laughs> Listen, you know, no, 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 you know, tone changed like three times in that split second, bro. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I wish it was a beauty call. I need a hug because I am sad. I'm a sad boy. I'm lonely, you know. God, this is horrible. I hear you, bloody hell. There we go. Anyway, man, anyway, we are out here. We'll be back. What are we doing next show? Oh, it's the beef episode. The beef episode. I think it's only right we do an episode on beef. That is. Uh, I think you guys would run through beef, man. You should get into Mandalorian. CJ, next time you come here, I want to see you have watched a couple episodes of Mandalorian. Because I know Ross is going to be coming in, but you're just Uh, on some funny thing. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. As I said, I'm episode one, series one. I'm down. I like the vibe so far. So I'm going to crack on with series one at least. CJ, do you like Star Wars? Yeah, I do. Oh yeah, then you like it. I think this is the best Star Wars property in a while. This is like, what I would say. Andor. Okay. I've heard really good things about Andor. It's stodgy, like Succession, a lot of dialogue, all of this. Mm. So it's taken me a while. I watched episode one and I was like, oh my god, I feel depressed. And I get that. That's the point. You're supposed <laughs> to be depressed. But it was just like, you know, when you're like tired, yeah. Like I said, low dopamine and that. <laughs> this yeah. is not it. Like I need, I need something that's gonna make me smile or easy watching. So I stopped watching it. But I'll get back to Andor. I'm gonna do Mandalorian first because I've really enjoyed the first. What's it? Season three, season four. Where season is it? It's on. It's, it's on. Finished, um, it's on Disney it's Plus. Yeah, yeah, oh, so, yeah. yeah. so yeah, start bringing them out. It's all right, cool. Good, well, I'm man. gonna I'm gonna go yeah. watch it. I'm gonna go back to my sad boy hours. I'm gonna go play um cyberpunk and this is some Kendrick Lamar. Oh, what have so, you got PlayStation 5? Yep. Oh, uh, yeah, add me, add me up, add me up. No, anyway, you want to leave your oh, wait, PSN wait, wait, wait. tags at the end no, of uh, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that because people, people who people who listen to this will try, I will try to get friendly and try to add me. It's not that I need you to know. I, I appreciate you, but I don't appreciate you. Like that. I don't mind if you want to add me on no. PSN. It's not that deep to me. No, I am. No. I am a private person. I don't like that. I'm just I'm like, right, no government thing, and like, my PSN is part of my government profile. <laughs> All right, anyway, okay. okay. Well, on <laughs> that note, yeah, <laughs> that was another episode of Played in Full. Uh, we'll see you this time next week. Follow us, subscribe, like, make sure you do all the stuff that makes us beat the algorithm. What? Stop doing that. Stop doing what? <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.